This is John Doe from New York City. And I'm so embarrassed about listening to I Doubt It With Dolomore that I had to disguise my voice. Sorry about that. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dolomore. Everybody, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Episode 466 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I'm your host, Jesse Dollamore. And today, as always, I am joined by the other host of the show, the lovely, the talented, the scholarly, Brittany Page. It is the week of Thanksgiving. The week of. Mm, it's here. Can you believe it? <laughs> this whole year has been... Super quick. Yeah. Has gone very quickly. I think that happens when you when you get older. Or let me correct it, because I know we're gonna get emails. Actually, (laughs) the year hasn't gone any faster than normal. Um (laughs) it seems to have gone by quickly in my mind. Yeah. You know, something that I've noticed in emails is that people hate jokes. That's for sure something that people hate. Yeah. (laughs) They really hate jokes. Yeah, they do. Um, so sometimes I try to save my mental health by reading things on the internet that have nothing to do with politics. This isn't related to Thanksgiving. I'm just talking about something different. Or emails from people. Yes. Um, (laughs) And I was reading an article about how difficult dating is in 2018. uh, Because no one talks to each other in public anymore. We're all on our phones. Hmm. And I, this past week, I've been starting to notice that. Uh, I put my phone away and I'm in public and I look around and it's true. Like do that this week. Take some time, put your phone away. And when you're waiting in line at the grocery store, rather than be on Facebook or whatever. Yeah. Pay attention. And people are staring down at their phones and they're all going to get text neck, but we'll put that aside. Um, Uh, It makes me want to straighten out my neck. Every (laughs) time somebody talks about text, neck. sit up straight. Um, And it, it's just kind of sad. I don't know that no one is. So they're saying talking. Yeah. Let me it, break it down. Are mm-hmm. they saying that it's tough to date because normally in a grocery store, if there were no cell phones, people would maybe bump into each other at the oranges and say, hey, well, I'm just, I was going to grab that. No, I was going to grab that. Oh, you silly. And then all of a sudden start fucking. Um. Is that not what they that were saying? That seems pretty unrealistic. Huh. But uh, <laughs> uh, I use the grocery store example myself. That wasn't... They weren't saying that the grocery <laughs> store was in the past this like hotbed for hooking well, up. wherever you are. Yeah. You go reach for the for the gas pump and then she oh reaches at the same time. <laughs> What's wrong with you? And then you're like, I was gonna... And then, uh, and then you start fucking right there. Yeah, no. Is this not how it works for everybody? No, no, no. I've no. led a really weird life, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> But it had me it had me thinking about dating apps because I was thinking like if I if I were to be on a dating app, I would need a substantial amount of information before 
I am. You, you do seem like the type that would need extra. Before I'm even going to go on the first date, I'm going to need. What? Give me an example. Okay. I feel like like going above and beyond something that I would need. Like just besides yeah, the regular profile. Normally what do they give? They give like age. Yeah. I like pizza. Okay. Here's a picture of me and my goddamn dog. Something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to need the picture of the back of their car. Uh, wow. <laughs> well, I, that's I wonder why cuz you're not like a you're not like a car person. You wouldn't like oh if they don't drive a certain kind of why do you need a picture of the back of the car? I want to see the bumper stickers. <laughs> And the license plate frame. Do you need like a current picture, like right now? So if they have like weird campaign stickers from six cycles ago, yeah, that that would probably be a pet peeve of mine, not yours. Yeah, well, I'm I'm going to be judging several factors here: the number of bumper stickers, regardless of what they say, just the number, okay, and then also what they say, <laughs> and also what the license plate frame says. I just there's. Oh yeah, license plate frame. That's a that's a good one. Yeah, I mean I I've seen some bumper stickers that would make me concerned. So I can't think of any examples right now, but yeah, that's very funny. But th- there are some added things that tell you about people's personalities that I think oh, that would yeah. be useful to have. You know, you could peg somebody pretty, especially with bumper stickers. Like, oh, I know what kind of guy this is. Listen, if you got truck nuts. You're Dunzo. We know you. Well, I've I saw a bumper sticker the other day. Something like uh, "Stop whining, go get a job." You know like, what? Like just randomly de- declaring that for everybody? Yeah, <laughs> it seems aggressive for no reason. Um, <laughs> that seems aggressive for no reason. I've I've seen Infowars bumper oh, stickers. Yeah, that's a done deal. Out and about. That's well, you could match yourself to somebody. More easily if you if you're able to kind of get a flavor. So, is there anything that that you would want? Any additional information that you would want, or you're just superior? You don't need any. No, because I heard that line where you're like, "Yeah, you seem like the type who." No, would more. you know mm. what I mean. You're, mm. Well, one, I think women they have to worry a little bit more about what kind of a fucking psycho. Yeah, I wouldn't. What am I going to worry about? I mean, somebody's going to. I don't have anything to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, if I was, I don't know. I would, um, let's think about it, that I would be, like I was thinking for you, like dudes with like weird wires on the back of their car where they hitch their boat or whatever. Uh, there's all kinds of things, but I wouldn't worry about that because, you know, I'd be contacting a laid. Uh, I don't like sparkly, sparkly shit. I, I don't <laughs> like people who have cell phones and this isn't, listen, that we're going back to emails. And you're people talking not, about bedazzled. Yeah, if you're, if you're vajazzling everything, but, not a fan. Well, you're just vajazzling one thing, your vagina. Oh, it's... Be- but bedazzle, bedazzle would, be, okay. would be the other thing. Well, you bedazzle your vagina, so then it's vajazzle. V- correct. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I learned something new every day. I know, it's today. really impressive, yeah. All right, well, listen, I think we can end it there. <laughs> listen, this has been a good experience... We can move on with the show. Listen, like like license plate frames that are all bedazzled. Yeah. Not bedazzled. Yeah. That, 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 that's, that's um, mm-hmm. like, I don't hate those people. Yeah. But it just seems like a lot. Like, if you're decorating your phone, for mm-hmm. instance, mm-hmm. 
with yeah. all that sequence, sequence, yeah, sequence, w- whatever it is. Yeah, it seems like a lot going on. Well, I think you're right then, because it probably is a safety concern. Like you want to know what you're walking into, basically. I mean, if there's like a shrine to Elliot Roger on the back of the car or something, you know, like I, I want to see that. <laughs> I yeah, need, that would be I need alarming. to know about that. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I just want to know what messages this person is like sending out into the world and it would tell you a lot. Quit whining and get a job. Yeah. You, it, it, it that was also on like a, a I don't know, like a Honda Civic from the early 90s. I mean, it's not <laughs> You know, it wasn't it wasn't on a Lamborghini. Right. I, I mean, wow. That would be something if you start bumper stickering up your your Lamborghini. Yeah, I mean, it would be like me driving around in my 88 Honda Prelude with a sticker that says quit whining and get a job. Like You don't drive an 88 Honda Prelude. No, I did though. You oh, when you were a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And it was very loud. <laughs> All right. Well, I wonder what everybody thinks about this. Mm-hmm. Would this be useful to some people? What are some other criteria mm. that wouldn't be necessary? And also, is it hard to meet people like you normally would? I don't know, because we're all staring at our phones. I'm on my phone a lot. You know that screen time, it tells you now. Yeah, I know. And it pops up an alert every also, week. Also, it also counts things that shouldn't be counted. <laughs> like what? Like the Roku app to run the TV. Oh, I thought you were trying to cheat somehow, saying no, that like, like the when, app you're when using. The, the, the Roku, if it's on running in the background, uh-huh. that shit gets counted. Yeah, that doesn't seem fair. It's screen Unf- time. Yes, Brittany, you're right. Unfair. Well, it's well, it's, no, if because it, it stays on because it's like a remote control on my phone. Mm-hmm. So if I don't close it, it just stays on on the phone. Like it never goes to sleep. I see. That's not. Anyway, we're going far afield here, but oh, so far afield! Oh my God, wow. bring bring us back, <laughs> bring us back from the brink. I don't have a fucking drop here to make fun of you about. <laughs> anyway, let's make fun of me. Yeah, you need to be made fun of. All right, that's prick shit, bro. That's prick shit. That's prick shit. That's fair. All right, let's let, let's do move on. I, I would like to know from other people. Six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. Of course, you can always email. Voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. One more thing before we move on to listener communication, we have a little bit of that, is the fact that Thanksgiving is on Thursday. So you have until Tuesday. No later than Tuesday, because I have other shit to do this week mm-hmm. that doesn't involve producing that segment for the Thanksgiving episode. So think about the things for which you are thankful. This is. Typically, a, a pretty somber, serious, you know, it's not uh, jokey McJoke time. Um, but you, you do you. You mm-hmm. do you. Mm-hmm. It is profanity-free. It is anonymous. There is no need to talk about how you're thankful for the show, if you are indeed thankful for the show, because all that will be removed. Mm-hmm. 657-464-7609. Email, better yet, email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. All right. Let's go. We've been talking about Thanksgiving and dealing with family time. And, you know, we're still getting a little communication about it. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Rennie. It's Chase from Virginia. I was talking about episode 464, holiday and stuff. But since I am in the only Democrat in my largely Republican family, the only other Democrat in my family is my aunt. It's a little hard to steer clear of politics 
But the good thing is, my dad is a staunch, I don't want to talk about politics, do not talk about politics, if you talk about politics, you're beginning to do. <laughs> so I'm a little lucky there, but still, I know everybody has an Uncle Gary. My Uncle Gary is my brother, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he's only an asshole, he's just, he doesn't know that much, and if he knows something, he just doesn't want to believe it. And he's not an alcohol because he is my team. <laughs> but... As the only American in my family, you had to be vigilant knowing that not everybody agrees with what you had to believe, but the, the main important thing is to find some common ground other than the politics. And, and if you're one of those people that don't like talking about politics and those people do not like talking about politics, then you're good. But there'll be some people that come up to you and say, like, hey, did you hate, see what Donald Trump did? Ha <laughs> ha. And there's some people on the Democrats like, saying, did you see what happened recently with the House majority? Ha <laughs> ha. You can just be like me and be absolutely quiet about it. It's like, yeah, that's okay. Thank you guys very much for taking this call. Over to you, to you. Listen to you guys later. See ya. Thank you, Chase. Yes. Um, one, my Uncle Gary is my brother, whatever. It's very, very funny. <laughs> um, the other thing is, I, 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 it struck me, and I know why it struck me, because it's something we talk about, but it's finding common ground. Mm-hmm. Especially if your goal for this holiday season with your family is a peaceful time. Yes. <laughs> if you feel like the changing of the hearts and minds isn't necessarily likely to happen, yeah. then why not try to find some common ground? If you're going to talk politics, talk about something that you can agree on. Like infrastructure or something like that. That's Both sides want to do that. Or a sports game. A sports game. <laughs> I think a lot of people go into the holidays wanting to have a peaceful time. I don't know if anyone shows up to Thanksgiving like, oh, I'm about to throw down. <laughs> Unless they start <laughs> drinking on their way to the to the venue, to the place. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to throw a fucking wrench into this thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I hope that I hope no one's planning to yeah. do that. <laughs> All right. Next call. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. This is Kevin from... San Antonio, Texas once again, and I'm just personally tired of this whole idea that veterans can be infallible um, with this whole recent thing about Daniel Crenshaw and the joke on SNL, how they they brought him on to apologize to him, and how the all conservatives became outraged when Daniel Crenshaw thinks it's okay for businesses to turn away LGBTQ people for the sake of them being LGBTQ, he ran a racist and conspiratorial Facebook page, and it's just crazy about that. And I personally also am tired of of this hypocrisy. Oh, we're gonna throw up our arms because a joke made by SNL, but Trump misses um. Arlington and Nor and um the Mobile War Celebration in France and that peep from conservatives. It's it's like what's going on there. So I just also hate this notion of veterans can't be infallible. I'm like, am I supposed to ignore Abu Ghraib? Am I supposed to ignore how a Navy SEAL has used to be recently been charged with war crimes? Am I supposed to ignore my lane massacre? So, 
I just think SNL did a wrong thing, and this is how racism shoots into the mainstream. Uh, thank you for all y'all you do. I hope you too have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And Brittany is the best part. Bye. Love the show. Brittany is the best part. Bye. Thank you for that call, Kevin. I just want to inform everybody that this is Dan Crenshaw, the former Navy no. SEAL, the Republican representative elect from Texas, the eye patch guy. The eye patch guy. And Pete Davidson, during the news segment on SNL a couple weeks ago, made a, a comment, a joke about his eye patch, and it was not well received. Even his fellow cast members on SNL. Yeah took issue with the joke that he made and said it went too far. It wasn't funny even. They were just like, it just wasn't funny. Yeah. And so the next week, Dan Crenshaw appeared alongside Pete Davidson and Pete Davidson apologized. And then Dan Crenshaw made some jokes about Pete Davidson's appearance. Did you mention that Crenshaw lost an eye in the war and has an eye patch? He has an eye patch. Yeah. So you can't walk around with an eye patch and not think that it's going to end up being a joke. From somebody. Now, he didn't make a bunch of whiny, make fun of my eye patch. He didn't do that. People did it in his his stead. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But come on. It's an eye patch. It's funny looking. So. And I agree with, I think (laughs) Kevin knows I agree with him. Mm -hmm. Not everybody who served as a hero. The bar for heroes is a little too fucking low. In our society. Mm-hmm. But it's you're wearing an eye patch. Well, I thought it was kind of weird, honestly, because so the whole issue that everyone had was that Pete Davidson mocked his appearance, right? The eye patch. And then Dan Crenshaw comes on and roasts Pete Davidson for his appearance for like two minutes straight. Yeah. And he didn't write those jokes. Somebody wrote them for him. Of course, but still. But he agreed to say the jokes. Right. Yeah. And so... I mean, are people supposed to be mad on behalf of Pete Davidson now? Like, are yeah, we supposed to have dueling anger? That's over... right. It, it's just the weird, oh, you've crossed the line and you've denigrated the vets. <laughs> the veterans I know are pretty goddamn tough. They can handle a little ribbing. Well, even so, again, let's go back to the, the central point here, which is they were angry about the eye patch joke that Pete Davidson made, but they're not angry with any of the shit yeah. that Donald Trump has to say yeah. or his failure to honor veterans in the way that he should or his failure to honor the the troops that are currently serving in the way that he should. And we'll get to some of that later during the Chris Wallace interview on and, Fox News. And a video tomorrow on YouTube. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Was that a roll or a side eye? Eye rolled or a side eye? I don't know. It's I can't control it at it this just, point. <laughs> I can't control it. <laughs> it just happens. It's just involuntary. Yeah, it just happens. It's like breathing. Mm. <laughs> so I think, obviously... Jesse D's being a little Jesse D about the eye patch. No, um, yeah, but, yeah, I am. But I, I also, I don't think what happened was was that big of a deal. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure. Look, look, I, I would honor the guy. I think he did. He was he, he he acted selflessly. He sacrificed his body very easily. Could have died in combat. That's a big deal. That's mm-hmm. that's something to be respected. That's something to be lauded. That's something to be honored. Yeah. But it doesn't make you beyond a joke. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I have red hair. You no jokes can be made. Mm-hmm. 
They're fucking jokes, dude. Mm-hmm. And he leaned into it. He certainly, he very artfully and calculatedly made sure that he did look like the victim without acting like he was being the victim. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it was an interesting ordeal. And these things are always up for interpretation. I mean, we have said jokes on the show, alluding to what I was talking about earlier, that people have been very offended by. Um, things that are about innocuous things that don't really matter that other people think are very deeply serious. So you're, you're taking a risk just talking number one. Um, you try to joke about things. That's another risk because some people it's going to offend some people. It's not. Listen, we, there are people who get pissed off about uh, the jokes about raccoons or love of cats or dogs. I mean, there are. You can't joke about anything without somebody feeling a little, a little, oh, right, a little, a little bummed out, a little sad. Yeah, and and I understand all that. We we all have our own personal preferences. We have our own interests and and things that we feel define us. That if someone makes fun of it, it's it's it hurts our identity. I understand that, but I, I think sometimes it can go a little too far. And, the sensitivity. Yeah, and I've I've certainly tried to practice in my own life being a little bit more forgiving of things that people say and and trying to you know, not take things as seriously, but it's yeah. it's it's a work in progress for me for sure and I think for a lot of other people. So, I think we should all just tell fucking knock knock jokes. <laughs> Fuck it, if we all just stick to the knock knock jokes, yeah. Nobody's going to be offended except for Oranges and bananas. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, an, appro- an approved list of dad jokes that we all pull from on a regular basis. I mean, come on. Yeah. All right. Kevin, thank you very much. I agree with you, brother. For sure. Speaking of funny and funny sounding, uh, here's Wayne from the UK. <laughs> Hello, Jesse. Hello, Brittany. It's Wayne from Baswoodan here. Um, I just would like to talk to Brittany here we specifically. Here we go. Should we also preface this call and say that last episode, Brittany read an email yes. from an, uh, one of Wayne's countrymen yes. in, there in the United Kingdom, and she pronounced a couple of curse words mm-hmm. that were written in the email. Correct. And th- this is what Wayne is taking issue with. Yes. Now, Brittany, you're an educated laid. You're out there wielding your master's degree. Wielding it. Um, but when you said the word... Twat, I nearly crashed my van. I wanted to, I was shouting at my radio. Um, now, let me just put it this way. You can't just start adding letters to words. Okay, so if you take the prefix for an email address or a Twitter account, what is that sign called? If you take the letters A and T and put them together, what does that sound like? Now put a TW in front of them, and you get twat. You don't get twat. You don't <laughs> add an extra R, trying to sound all posh and stuff. R. Swearing is a fucking art form. If you're not going to do it right, just don't bother. So, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> oh, so, please, moving forward, if you're going to add letters to words... Actually... Why do you Americans take letters out of words? Like colour. There's no U in your colour. And what's the other thing? Oh, the date. The, you have the month, then the date, and then the year. 
What kind of backwards shit is that? Anyway, sorry, I just had to go off on a little tangent there. But please, if you're going to swear, try harder. And here's a new one for you. You take the word twat and cunt, you can call it a twant. Donald Trump is a twant. Anyway, I love you both very much. You are both the best part today. Brittany must try harder. (laughs) Have a fantastic fucking weekend. Bye-bye. Oh, Wayne. Do you feel a little judged? A little... A I little, feel attacked. A little, little preachy, a little teachy there. I feel attacked. Yeah. Um, I do want to say, I don't think I'm adding letters. I think this is like the long A, short A. Yeah, for sure. It's like the difference between Nevada and Nevada. Yeah. I, you know... Wait, Nevada, by the way, is fucking wrong. It's, it's Nevada. It is definitely wrong. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like Wayne maybe doesn't have the right to lecture me about this. Yeah, it's the pot calling the kettle black if he wants to talk about correct pronunciation of words. There were some errors in his voice memo there that it's I heard. A, it's a little short-sighted mm-hmm. to call in to a couple of people with a, with a, with microphones <laughs> and the ability to isolate audio. Uh-oh. Here we go. You know what I mean? Yep. Speaking of mispronouncing things or adding or taking away letters. If you're not going to do it right, just don't bother. Where's the V in bother? <laughs> don't bother. If you're not going to do it right, just don't bother. <laughs> Seriously, where in the fuck is the V or the multiple? I think there's like seven V's in Bava. <laughs> or this one. And what's the other thing? What's the other thing? What is this fucking Oliver Twist here? There's a TH issue. So I have an AT issue and Wayne has a TH issue. It seems like it. Yes. So maybe save, maybe if you live in a glass house. Wayne from Basildon. <laughs> you don't throw stones. Yeah. Was that your attempt at a British accent? Well, the fro was. Wow. <laughs> that was so terrible. We love Wayne. We do. Thank you so much, Wayne. I appreciate the lecture. I... I'm i not a fan of the new cuss word. I... Trunt or whatever. Oh, you're not... Twunt. Yeah, I'm yeah. not a fan. <laughs> Talk about adding letters. Yeah. That's what you just did. That's Again. what I do. All right. Well, we appreciate that, Wayne. Thank you so much for your lecture. I will try to do better. (laughs) Thank you so much for your lecture. I will try to do better. I feel like people write um, as many naughty words as possible in their emails just so that I will be forced to read them. We'll just start bleeping them. We'll see what happens. Nah, we'll just bleep them. That's what you said you would do last time. Yeah, but then I forgot. and It it fell through the cracks, Brittany Page. That's, That's on me. That's not on... On everybody else. All right. All right. Good job. We do love you guys. We appreciate you very much. If you would like to sound off, we'd love to hear from you. Helping us move the conversation forward. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email those voice memos just like Wayne did from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. 
We really appreciate all of our Patreon supporters and our supporters on PayPal. Don't forget, as the holidays are coming up, if you are someone who shops on Amazon and you don't mind feeding the beast, the Jeff Bezos beast, <laughs> you know, at least we give a qualifier, okay? For sure. Um, then I think people can trust us that our intent is not, <laughs> oh, he's a super humanitarian, everybody. You want to give all your money yeah. to Jeff Bezos. You know, if you're going to shop on Amazon anyway. If you're going to do it, we're not advocating that you do. Then you might as well support the show along the way. Well, because here's the deal. Dollamore.com slash Amazon. If you do shop on Amazon, he's getting less money than he would because he has to give some of it to us. There you go. That's rock solid logic right there, right? (laughs) Sold. Sold. I'm sold on that. Yeah. Yes. I'm selling my soul for the convenience of Amazon. I just bought something today mm-hmm. that'll be here tomorrow. Yes. God damn you, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> God damn you. Thank you, guys. We really appreciate your support. Seriously. Dilemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So I want to talk about this um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez tweet that went viral this week. Yeah, that guy's a dick. When the Eddie Scary, is that how you say his name? Yeah, he works for the the Washington Examiner, I think. Yeah, he tweeted. By the way, I got to get out of the, I did that dumb traffic and weather together, everybody. (laughs) Wacky morning zoo. I started doing that. Now I'm. Washington Examiner. I wasn't going to say anything. Um, you need to. I was just hoping that it would stop. <laughs> <laughs> you need to let me know. Okay, we'll do next time. Glad you caught yourself, though. Really, that's the first step. Strong work from you. <laughs> first step. So the this tweet went out about Ocasio Cortez. Someone photographed her from behind as she was walking away in the hallway, and this guy. Eddie Scary from the Washington Examiner tweeted it and said, Hill staffer sent me this pic of Ocasio-Cortez they took just now. I'll tell you something. That jacket and coat don't look like a girl who struggles. Okay, talking about the the suit that she was wearing. Yeah. The, the business attire that she's right. wearing that she's required to wear for her professional job. Lest you think there's not a dress code for senators and Congress people, there is. Yeah. They're absolutely... Tie is required mm-hmm. on the. Fl- I don't know so much about the house, but I know there are rules. So having worked on the floor of the Senate, I know. Yeah, a tie is required. Mm-hmm. So there is a dress code. You yeah. can't just show up in fucking ratty jeans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's been a lot of negative coverage about Ocasio Cortez ever since she rose to popularity. Yeah. Really, but even since she won her election, the Green New Deal, the protesters outside of Nancy Pelosi's office, she joined the sit-in, or she didn't join it. That's what people were saying. That's what the media was saying. Yeah. She apparently walked in and like greeted people and and, and showed g- support for them. That's right. Gave them a little pep talk. Gave them high five. Right. And the media started reporting on this as though she was like actively protesting against Nancy Pelosi. They're they're going head to head. Nancy Pelosi's her enemy. She's the first day on the job already going in there and trying to cause problems. That's kind of what the the narrative that was painted. Which is which is only for clicks and headlines because. The media knows Nancy Pelosi is a savvy operator, and she knows the fucking games. All she has to do is ask the staff, hey, 
what happened? Was she protesting? Oh, no. She just came in and talked to him. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Right. It's just the media being dicks. Yeah. (laughs) So you have the youngest woman ever elected to Congress. She is a Latina. She's from a working class background. And none of this is about her going and stopping by the protest. It's not about her outfit. And a lot of people have said this, but it's about who belongs and who doesn't. Yeah. And they're trying to send a message to her that she doesn't belong. That's what all this is. But she does belong. She was elected That's by the right. people. Yeah. They sent her there. They want her there. She belongs there. And it's very frustrating to to see people talking about her clothes as though that matters at all and trying to say that the fact that she dresses nice means that she doesn't struggle you know there's like things called credit cards yeah which (laughs) which imperil you yeah you have to go into debt to dress appropriately for your job and that's what a lot of working class people do when they get a job that requires professional clothing too many will go and get a department store credit card with a, a ridiculous apr right and bury themselves in debt just so they can have the job right or even going, people go to thrift stores, which is another reasonable yeah. option, and go find clothes that are cheap that look nice. And I mean, there's all kinds of things that people do, but to talk about the clothes as though that is something that she's a fraud. Oh, look, she's dressing nice. She's not really what she says she is. What is she supposed to dress like? Jesus and rags? Yeah, and tatters? I, it's 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 absurd. It's absurd. <laughs> I, I remember when I got my first... The guy deleted the tweet, too, because he was getting fucking dragged. He did. I remember when I got my first, quote-unquote, professional job, and I had to go out and buy professional attire, and I I did that, and then I didn't know how to care for the clothes, so I was like really excited having these white button-up shirts. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm wearing white button-ups to work. I, I, everything is... <laughs> All my problems are solved. And I would go. If only that's all it took. I would go to wash them and I would just dump the bleach in. Like, here we go. Oh, they turn yellow. Yeah, got to bleach these whites, my white button up shirts. And then they were ruined. Yeah, they turned yellow, right? Yeah, I ruined them. It's like a capful. It's like a a ridiculously small amount. Here's a little PSA for everybody. (laughs) Don't use too much bleach. I was seriously bummed. It ruined my clothes. Yeah. So, but these are the kinds of things that working class people have to overcome, right? And this also reminded me of one of the races here in Southern California where, you know, Orange County went completely blue. Yeah. We recently found out in California's 45th district with Katie Porter winning and then Gil Cisneros won in the 39th district as well. But Katie Porter... She won in a district that's really close to us here locally. And there was an experience that I had where I was talking to someone that I know. And he made the comment that he didn't believe she would win. And went on to say very critical things about her appearance. And her weight, specifically. Mm -hmm. And also the sound of her voice. And it was really horrifying because this person considers themselves to be a feminist yeah and plays that role online pretty well yeah and saying these things right in in private company it just showed how this tweet about ocasio-cortez 
this is how people talk yeah. still yeah. in 2018. And, and, and not even like conservative f- fuckboys. No, this is this is like an ingrained misogyny yeah. in even liberal men who look at women who they feel don't fit the part and say, huh, not attractive enough or too attractive. She's only getting ahead because she is attractive. That's right. Yes. No, and, that, that is awesome. And so the, both ends of the spectrum get fucked over. Yeah. And it's, it's really problematic. And I hope that with these new members of Congress being elected, more women, more people of color, more people from different backgrounds economically, that this starts to break down even in people who are liberal who hold these biases that they don't necessarily let people see on a regular basis. So I'm, I'm happy that this tweet went viral and that there was such a negative reaction to it because I hope it will force people of all political persuasions to take a look inside themselves and say, are there biases that I'm carrying around that when I see a woman in a position of power, I start judging her based on her clothes or her appearance. And and what does that mean for me? And how can I address that so that I can stop doing something so irrational? Yeah. And, and- no, it, I, I'm, <laughs> it is, um, I'm, I'm battling with myself right now because I want to say, hopefully that, you know, people will at least just shut the fuck up about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that's not good enough. I hope minds and hearts are changed so they don't think that way to say something like that. Mm-hmm. So we cut it off at the shut the fuck up about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You head it off to where they don't even think that to say it. Yeah. And if you're a, you consider yourself a feminist and you're a progressive male, seriously, fucking check yourself. Yeah. Well, we're all carrying these biases and whatever they might be. And I think it is important that we do take some time to to do that work internally, for yeah, sure. for sure. All right. So another thing that I want to talk about, because it's really concerning me, is the way in which Republicans, I don't know if it's many Republicans, but it, it's at least one Republican, <laughs> Matt Gates. Oh, that guy. <laughs> is using the Florida recounts to start testing the waters with a theory about let me guess conspiracy theory yes yeah yes about democrats and stealing the election from trump in 2020 so basically what he is saying is that democrats are testing their techniques to try to learn what's going to work and what's not going to work based on the reactions to the florida recount the things that don't work they're going to not use in 2020 the things that do work the techniques that do work they're going to adopt to try to steal the election from Donald Trump. Where is he saying this? He said it in an XM, a serious XM interview on Breitbart News Daily. And he told this to Alex Marlowe. I think he's been on Bill Maher's show before, right? Breitbart editor-in-chief, Alex Marlowe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So he said, quote, if the Democrats are able to learn now what techniques work and don't work, which transparency laws are going to be followed and which ones aren't, then it gives them a roadmap on how to steal the election from Donald Trump in 2020. He added, quote, the resistance movement has changed from yelling at town halls and yelling in restaurants to now potentially trying to steal elections that they can't win at the ballot box. It's changed from that. Like, that's what they used to do. The reason they don't yell at town halls anymore is because pieces of shit Republican cowards stopped having town halls, Matt Getz. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and he's using that same phrase about the thousands of ballots being spoken into existence. Yeah. That they keep using that right. phrase as though ballots appeared out of nowhere. It's ridiculous. And he is a Florida congressman, by the way. I don't think that we said that. Yeah, elected representative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is not just some goofball on the internet. This is someone in a position of power saying this. I hope that mainstream media stops giving him airtime. Yeah, he's usually a commentator. Chris Cuomo has this guy on a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, you don't want somebody because you build a guy up and give him credibility. Not every congressman is credible just by virtue of being a congressman. Mm -hmm. And they need to cut this guy off at the legs and take away the voice on mainstream networks because this is pernicious. This is an idea that will fester and grow like a tumor and it needs to be excised. Mm -hmm. It's unacceptable. Yeah. I mean, I I'm, I'm just fearful of these conversations because I don't want to get people more riled up than they already are, especially when it comes to Donald Trump. And if Donald Trump starts tweeting this stuff about stealing, stealing the election, the election from him, yeah. I mean, that, that's revolution kind of stuff. Yeah. We're going to get to a whole new point in this political landscape and it's, it's going to be very, very bad. Yeah. So I, I hope that it stops here with Matt Gates and Breitbart. <laughs> but I I don't feel optimistic about that, Yeah, not with them, for sure. With, if, they, if they're the players, there's really nothing to be optimistic about because there is no integrity there. Yeah. There is no adherence to order or, or, or tradition mm -hmm. or respect for the systems that we have in place. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Speaking of no respect for systems and order, Donald Trump sat down with Chris Wallace from Fox News. We got three clips here that I want to play and kind of stop and start and go and related to the interview that they did. And I know that some of our listeners get frustrated because we play Donald Trump's voice. <laughs> that that really is real. But it's something we hear a lot. But it is important to listen to him because we're two years in and you want to be able to have the information, right? You want yeah. to have the knowledge so that when you enter into conversations about Donald Trump, you're not someone that just tuned it out, stopped listening. You still want to be the person that knows what's going on. So I watched this entire interview. <laughs> we both did. We're not going to play the entire interview not for at you. All. Because not it's, at all. it's really not important to listen to the whole thing. So we chose these three clips because I think they represent the the most important parts of the interview that are worth hearing. At first, it's going to be about Mueller. And now that he's installed his new choice for acting attorney general, what that means for the Mueller investigation going forward. You have already made at least one big change, naming Matt Whitaker as your acting yeah. attorney general. He has a long record of speaking out against the special counsel and his pro. I could see a scenario where Jeff Sessions is replaced uh, with a recess appointment, and that attorney general doesn't fire Bob Mueller, but he just reduces his budget so low that his his investigation grinds to a, almost a halt. The truth is there was no collusion with the Russians in the Trump campaign. Did you know before you appointed him that he had that record and was so critical of Robert Mueller? I did not know that. I did not know he took views on the Mueller investigation as such. And when you found that out? 
I don't think it had any effect. If you look at those statements, those statements, that can, they really can be viewed either way. But I don't think it would well, have any effect. Well, he says there's no collusion. Chris, he I'll says, tell you what. The, he says well, we can, you can starve I mean, the investigation. Right. What do you do when a person's right? There is no collusion. He happened to be right. I mean, he said it. So if he said there is collusion, I'm supposed to be taking somebody that says there is, because then I wouldn't take him for two reasons. But the number one reason is the fact that he would have been wrong. If he said that there's no collusion, he's right. He is going to have to make or could potentially make a lot of big calls in the Mueller investigation. If Mueller decides that he wants to subpoena you, the attorney general, Whitaker, can block that. If Mueller issues a final report, he can decide how much goes to Congress or doesn't go to Congress. You tweeted this week about, quote, Bob Mueller and his gang of Democrat thugs. Right. If Whitaker decides in any way to limit or curtail the Mueller investigation, are you okay with that? Look, he, it's going to be up to him. Uh, I think he's very well aware politically. I think he's astute politically. He's a very smart person, uh, a very respected person. He's going to do what's right. I really believe he's going to do what's right. But you won't overrule him if he decides to curtail. I would not get involved. And all these people that say, I'm going to end the investigation, you know, they've been saying that now for how long has this witch hunt gone on? It's gone on for what? Since May of 17. Okay, but how long have I been looked at? You know when I've been looked at? Since from the July day of I 2016. From the day I announced, I was looked at as a candidate with nothing, no proof, with phony people like McCabe and Strzok and his lover. You had uh, Lisa Page, his lover. These people were looking at me. They wanted an insurance policy just in case I won or Hillary lost. And this was the insurance policy. It's a scam. There was no collusion whatsoever. And the whole thing is a scam. Your team is preparing written answers to questions about... No, no, not my team. I'm preparing written answers. My, I, I'm the one that do, does the answer. Yes. Are they writing them out? Yes. Yeah. They're writing what I tell them to write. Are they going to be submitted... At some point, very soon, yes. I've completed them. So, you're, you are submitting... And it wasn't a big deal. By the way, it wasn't a big deal. The, answer, the questions were asked and answered. It wasn't a big deal. You know, they make it like I had meetings for many, many hours. I got the questions. I responded. We wrote them out. I read them once. I read them a second time. We made some changes. That's it. They're very simple. You oh. know why? I did nothing wrong. Here's my question, though. You are submitting written answers yeah. to the special counsel about the issue of collusion, but not on obstruction of justice. Well, there was no obstruction I, of justice. Let me, if I may, sir, just and I ask. think they probably agree with that. And, I, and all you have to do is look is at Article Is that your two. final position, that there's going to be no sit-down interview and nothing written or in person on obstruction? Uh, I would say probably. Probably. I mean, I can change my mind, but probably. Uh, I, think no, we've, no I think we've wasted enough time on this witch hunt. And the answer is probably. Uh, uh, we're finished. What, we're what, given, what are we're the given odds? Very, One in a hundred? What, what? Uh, I, I don't do odds. We would, I gave very <laughs> detailed... You sir. Uh, you're right. And very successfully, actually. Uh, <laughs> what? We gave very, very um, complete answers to a lot of questions that I shouldn't have even been asked. And I think that should solve the problem. I hope it solves the problem. If it doesn't, I, you know, I'll be told and we'll make a decision at that time. But probably this is the end. So I love how he said that the <laughs> answering the questions wasn't a big deal. Yeah. He, well, he's, notice he's repeating it over and over. Wasn't yeah. a big deal. Not a big deal. No big deal. Okay. It is a big deal. Yeah. Uh, you are sending the questions back to the special counsel 
who works for the FBI. Yeah. He's currently investigating Russian interference. <laughs> it's a big deal. In the election <laughs> in 2016. That is a that's a pretty big deal. You're the president of the United States. You're having to answer questions for the FBI about your role. That's right. It it was a big deal when um Manafort was asked questions because now he's in jail. It was a big deal when Rick Gates was asked questions because he is getting ready to go to jail. Yeah, listen, if I got like an accidental mail, piece of mail from the FBI, that would be a big deal. Like it wasn't even (laughs) meant for me. I would be stressed out, wondering why it's here. Get it away from me. I don't want any part of this. It's a big deal, bro. Ironic use. So please... It really? Do you need that? Do I need a drop that says ironic use? Yeah, that would be that would be great, actually. <laughs> could you send it to me in a ringtone so I could also play it on my phone when I say bro in public? So the reason I think he's over overstating how little of a big deal this was is because when this ends up being a big deal, he'll say, no, this wasn't a big deal. They're making this a big deal. It was so obviously not a big deal. It's just another way to divert attention away from the truth, from the facts of the matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. The other thing is he's 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 ultimately what he's doing here is saying if Matt Whitaker decides to slow or stop or whatever the investigation, look, I'm not going to get involved. So now, even though it's totally his right, he thinks, to stop the, the investigation, nope, that's up to him. I'm going to stay. It's almost like he's recusing himself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put a, a bad actor in there who's who's vowed to stop, to slow, to curtail this investigation. And then, oh, I, I'm not going to get involved. If he chooses it, he's super respected. He can do what he wants. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. No good. So the interview moved on and they talked about the midterms. Donald Trump has held, very inexplicably held that, it was a win, a big win for him, this election. Mm-hmm. In the face of all of the facts, all of the numbers, Donald Trump has contended that uh, election night was a, a good day for him and the Republicans. When Democrats flipped the House back in 2006 and picked up 30 seats, President Bush 43 had a news conference the next day and said, we had a thumping. Last week, in this election, the House picked up so far its 36 seats. It may be on the way to 40 seats. And your reaction was that it was almost a complete victory. I won the Senate. You but, don't mention but, that. Well, Excuse me. I, I, I won the Senate. I, I understand in, that. I think but, they but, said but, 88 years. But this, was a thir- this is a historically big defeat in the House. You lost 36, maybe 40 seats. Some would argue that it was a thumping, and I want to talk about some of the ways in which you lost. You lost in traditionally Republican suburbs, not only around liberal cities like Philadelphia and D.C., but also red state big cities like Houston and Oklahoma City. You lost among suburban women. You lost among independents. And in three key states that I think you remember pretty well, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, you lost both the governor's seats and the Senate seats. Are you ready? I won the Senate, and that's historic too, because if you look at presidents in the White House, it's almost never happened where you won a seat. We won, we now have 53 as opposed to 51, 
And we have 53 great senators in the U.S. Senate. We won. He is trying to... This is... This is maddening. That Donald Trump is completely ignoring the fact that they very well gave up 40 seats. 40 seats that were previously held by Republicans are now in the hands of Democrats. 40 and he says, well, we won two Senate seats. We gained two. We went from 51, already a majority, mm-hmm. to a slightly larger majority of 53. Yeah, it's tremendous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it is fucking ridiculous that he straight face sits there. Mm-hmm. And even Chris Wallace isn't buying it. Yeah. Who's becoming more and more of a cheerleader. That's a tremendous, tremendous, victory. Brittany. Nobody talks about that. That's a far greater victory than it is for the other side. Number two, I wasn't on the ballot. Well, wait, I wasn't. You, wait, wait, you said you kept no, saying. I said, look pretend, at me. I said, you look said, at pretend me. Pretend I'm on the ballot. But I have people, and you see the polls, how good they are. I have people that won't vote unless I'm on the ballot. Okay, and I wasn't on the ballot. And almost everybody that I won, I think they said it was ten out of eleven. And I went against President Obama and Oprah Winfrey and Michelle Obama in a great state called Georgia for the governor. And it was all stacked against Brian. And I was the one that went for Brian and Brian won. Uh, Look at Florida. I went down to Florida. Rick Scott won. And he won by a lot. I don't know what happened to all those votes that disappeared at the very end. And if I didn't put a spotlight on that election, before it got down to the 12,500 votes, he would have lost that election, okay? In my opinion, he would have lost. They were taking that election away from him. Rick Scott won Florida. He kept to say, excuse me, a man named Ron DeSantis is now your governor, your new governor of Florida. A wonderful man named DeWine is your governor of the great state of Ohio. Remember what they used to say before my election? You cannot win unless you win Ohio. I won Ohio. We had a tremendous set of victories. You look at the victories. But if you can't carry, and you certainly didn't carry it two weeks ago, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, you're not going to get reelected. I didn't run. I wasn't running. My name wasn't on the ballot. There are many people that think I don't like Congress that like me a lot. I get it all the time. Sir, we'll never vote unless you're on the ballot. I get it all the time. People are saying, sir, I will never vote unless you're on the ballot. I say, no, no, go and vote. Well, what do you mean? As much as I try and convince people to go vote, I'm not on the ballot. What is someone to say about that? To that? Mm-hmm. He, in one breath, is saying, if, if there are losses, it's not because of me because I wasn't on the ballot. Yes. If there are wins, mm-hmm. it is because of me because I said, think of me like I'm on the ballot. Yeah. He's a fucking child. Yeah, I mean, it's not surprising this fits exactly in with who Donald Trump is. If it means that he looks good, then he wants to be a part of it. If it means that yes. he looks bad, then he doesn't want to be a part of it. He didn't have anything to do with it. He's been saying at rallies for weeks and weeks and weeks, think of me as though I'm on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Ron DeSantis won. That's because of Trump. That That's a, that's a win. That's I won that, he says. 
Rick Scott, Brian Kemp, Mike DeWine. He even when he did the the day right after the midterms, when he did the press conference where he had that interaction with Jim Acosta and he was mocking people who lost Republicans who lost. Yeah, races we played it right with Mia Love specifically saying, oh, she gave Trump no love. Yeah, maybe would have been different if she. So, <laughs> well, that was keep in mind, that was the day after the midterms. Right. That's before we had the full picture of just how dismal the outlook was going to be for the Republicans. Right. But there he was admitting yeah. that a connection to Donald Trump means a win. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, Chris Wallace is right to point out that those three states that really were the linchpin for him winning. Mm hmm. Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Yeah. They're now in the hands of Democratic governorships. Yeah. And that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a big deal that Ron DeSantis won in Florida. It is a big deal. Mike DeWine, nah, not so much. Mm-hmm. He's no John Kasich, but he's certainly no Ron DeSantis or Brian Kemp. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it's just... It is clips like this that make me understand why people get frustrated listening to this jackass run his suck. You know what I mean? Yes. All right. L- l- let's finish with this clip. First of all, let me go back. Uh, when the, that, that line about the casino thing. Very casinos, sir. Uh, you're right. And very successfully, actually. <laughs> and very successfully. So successfully that he had to file bankruptcy in the casino. Yeah, but he he doesn't want to talk about that because he's a self-made man. He got a small loan of a million dollars. Right. And his life mm. has only been made up of successes. No failures, no loss, nothing to apologize for. Everything's great. Good times. Very, very good times. Mm-hmm. So the other thing we're going to talk about, this is what we alluded to at the beginning of the show, is his... I mean, we've talked a million times about how Donald Trump claims to be the most militaristic person ever, <laughs> how he he knows more than the generals. He loves our troops. He loves honoring them. Well, he considers th- that he served because he went to that military school when That's he was a kid. Right. Yeah. That's basically like serving. The prep school that he got sent to because he was a piece of shit kid and needed to get his shit straight. So they sent him there for it's a little... It's basically like going to war. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. He, he, you know, like uh, the New York... Uh, the Daily News... I got this one for being neat. His uh-huh. little his little medal on his chest that's meaningless. Yeah. So uh, he gets asked actually some great, very pointed questions about why he skipped and 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 Bill McRaven, who is a Navy. They go through the background anyway. Just listen to this exchange. Bill McRaven, retired admiral, Navy SEAL, thirty seven years, former head of U.S. Special Operations. Hillary Clinton fan. Special Operations. Excuse me. So. Let's all imagine a world in which President Barack Obama is being interviewed by a CNN reporter, for example, and the CNN reporter is listing off the accomplishments of someone in the military, and President Obama interrupts that reporter to say, he's a Republican. Republican. Yeah. Supported George Bush. Discounting the the accomplishments and achievements of a 37-year veteran, Navy SEAL, head of special operations for the entire United States military. Yeah, I guess it would be supported Mitt Romney to be fitting exactly with the picture. But anyway, you get what I'm saying, (laughs) where he would be 
I mean, he would be chewed up. Skewered. It would be unbelievable, yeah. the reaction. And here... And they would be right to do so. Right. And here, you get nothing. Even though, by the way, he was not a Hillary supporter. He did not endorse Hillary Clinton. The, yeah, not a Hillary fan or whatever he said. Right. It's just not true. He released a statement. We'll read it after the clip here. Hillary yeah. Clinton fan. Who led the operations, commanded the operations that took down Saddam Hussein and that killed Osama bin Laden, says that your sentiment is the greatest threat to democracy in his okay. lifetime. He's a Hillary Clinton uh, backer uh, and an Obama backer. And frankly, he was a Navy SEAL wouldn't it have been nice years. if we got Osama bin Laden a lot sooner than that? Wouldn't it have been nice? You know, living Seriously, the man responsible largely for the operation that took down Osama bin Laden, and it's not good enough because wouldn't it have been great had we got him earlier? These fucking bucketheads who love Donald Trump, Donald Trump, baby, and claim to love the military can shut their fucking mouths, can sew their pie holes closed about love of country and love of military and fawning over the troops if they say nothing after this exchange. Think of this. Living in Pakistan, beautifully in Pakistan, in what I guess they considered a nice mansion. I don't know. I've seen nicer. But living in Pakistan, right next to the military academy, everybody in Pakistan knew he was there. And we give Pakistan $1.3 billion a year. And they don't tell him. They don't tell him. You're not him even going to give years. them credit for taking down bin Laden? They took him down. But look, look, there's news right there. He lived in Pakistan. We're supporting Pakistan. We're giving them $1.3 billion a year, which do we don't give McRaven? them anymore, by the way. I ended it because they don't do anything for us. They don't do a damn thing for us. I'm totally in favor of the media. I'm totally in favor of free press. We've got to be fair press. When it's fake... But, but the president when, when, get to decide what's fair and what's not. I can tell what's fair and not. And so can my people and so can a lot of other people. I understand that, but... but when you do something very good and they write it badly, and this is consistently, when you... As an example, rarely do they Barack talk Obama about... Barack Obama whined about fake news, uh, Fox News all the time, but he never said we were the enemy of the people. Well, no, he, he didn't talk about the news. Uh, he didn't talk about anything. I'm only saying it very differently than what? anyone's ever said it before. I'm saying fake news, false reporting, dishonest reporting, of which there is a lot, and I know it. See, I know it because I'm a subject of it. A lot of people don't know it, but when I explain it to them, they understand it. And, and Chris, you know that better. You don't have to sit here and act like a perfect little, wonderful, innocent angel. I know you too well. I knew your father too well. That's not your gene. But let me tell you, fake I, Look, I think, fake some of the cover, I think some of the coverage of you, sir, and I've said it on the record, is biased. But I... It's, it's a little disappointing to me because that is a, a manipulation tactic. That Donald Trump just used. Of course, and he fell for it. He walked right into it. Right. It's like a car salesman who's trying to sell you a car and tells you, hey, you're smart enough. We don't need to yeah. we don't need to go over this, right? They play to your insecurity. You're like, oh, I don't want to I guess I am smart enough. I shouldn't ask these questions. I don't want to ask too many questions. I already know. Yeah. Let's just buy it. Let's sign the loan. <laughs> <laughs> uh and Chris Wallace took the bait. And fell into it and then yeah. started explaining himself. No, you just keep the pressure on and you go with your line of questioning. I don't think that they're... Most is, of it is biased. I, Most of I, it I don't is know, but, I, but the idea that you call us the enemy of the people... I'm not calling you that. I, I'm talking I'm about... Not calling, we're all together. You don't understand it. We're all together. No, no, no. I'm not calling you 
I, it doesn't matter whether you call. When you I'm call calling, CNN and the New York Times, I am calling, and it, we, we're in solidarity, I sir. I am calling fake news. Fake reporting is what's tearing this country apart. Because people know, people like things that are happening, and they're not hearing about it. So all of the coverage about him separating families at the border, he called fake news. All of it mm-hmm. was true. Yeah. Him not showing up to the 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 memorial service in France. That didn't happen. He didn't show up. It wasn't fake news. Him refusing to show up at Arlington National Cemetery to honor our war dead on Veterans Day, two miles from the White House, wasn't fake news. He calls that fake news. Mm-hmm. You can't re- rely upon this fucking liar. Mm-hmm. As the gauge of what's fake news and what is not. Right. For him, it's all fake news. Mm-hmm. Any critical coverage is fake news. Mm-hmm. It's just... Well, it, Chris Wallace did a decent job there, I will say that. Although this, art, this, this interview was very poorly edited and kind of cobbled together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did a decent job. There were some things that made me unhappy. Another one that I'll list <laughs> since I'm already <laughs> listing them is when Donald Trump said most of the reporting is biased and and Chris Wallace said, "Well, I don't know." Well, do you not know? Yeah. Chris, you know, dude. You think most of the reporting about Donald Trump is biased? Against him? Right. Most of the reporting? Also, even given the qualifier at all, like, look, I've, I've, I have gone on the record to say that I think some of the, that's not your fucking job, dude. Shut your mouth. Ask the questions. Well, another interesting thing that happened during this interview was he, Chris Wallace talked about the influence of Donald Trump's rhetoric about the press and how it is giving authoritarian leaders in other countries talking points yeah. for when they talk about the media. That's and, what Chris Wallace said. Yes, and he asked about his rhetoric about the media influencing these authoritarians. And remember, Chris Wallace is the one who got into it with Shepard Smith when Shepard Smith said, how is the rhetoric of Donald Trump anti-immigrant, racist, all of this rhetoric, how is that influencing these people, the guy sending the bombs, the shooter in the synagogue? How How is that rhetoric influencing it? And Chris Wallace said that's an inappropriate question, out of line. It's non sequitur. You can't connect the two. Right, but he's connecting the rhetoric and authoritarian leaders. So anyway, that was interesting right, to so me. He, so the President of the United States is, is, is influencing despots all across the world according to chris wallace but not he's not influencing nutters who have his photo all over their van like a shrine get the fuck out of here chris wallace get uh, the fuck out of here i mean you can stay but just try to be more consistent next time in your interview because <laughs> that's very gracious of you Brittany. Page. yeah because we do appreciate chris wallace most of the time we'd love to know what you guys think about all of this though 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We forgot to read the statement from Admiral Bill McRaven. Oh, yeah, do read that so before I don't we move on that. to asshole of today. Quote, I did not back Hillary Clinton or anyone else. I am a fan of President Obama and President George W. Bush, both of whom I worked for. I admire all presidents, regardless of their political party, who uphold the dignity of the office and who use that office to bring the nation together in challenging times. I stand by my comment that the president's attacks on the media is the greatest threat to our democracy in my lifetime. 
time. When you undermine the people's right to a free press and freedom of speech and expression, then you threaten the Constitution and all for which it stands. So we're going to go from somebody who's totally awesome, Admiral Bill McRaven, to our asshole of today. It's the asshole of today. The Kansas City Health Department. And Police Department. Yeah. So according to the Kansas City Star, there was a a group that goes out to feed homeless individuals, and they are called Free Hot Soup KC. I was not looking for that. That's not what was happening in the delay hmm. of my my speech. And they go out <laughs> and they have these large picnics across the city and serve food to people. And a city health official showed up to one of their events and trashed the food. To be a meal for the homeless on a chilly fall day. But a health department inspector and police officer showed up and tossed it. We got a call from the person who set this all up only to watch it all go to waste. Nathan Vickers talked with her. He joins us live tonight from Illis Davis Park, where this all went down just a few hours ago. Nathan. Amy, this is one of three different locations where the health department stopped a group called Free Hot Soup. The group called us and told us that a health inspector actually dumped out food like this bean soup and told them to leave the park. For the past three years, Jennifer McCartney has wanted to pay it forward. We got sick of looking and going down the street and seeing so many people that were hurting. She's a volunteer with Free Hot Soup, an organization that brings food and clothing to Kansas City's homeless community. We have hats and and gloves and stuff because it's cold and these people have no home. Some depend on these meals. It takes you up from a level of desperation that you'd normally be, and it kind of helps you feel like you can make it. Tonight, McCartney was shocked when police and health inspectors showed up at Eilis Davis Park, where the volunteers were serving a meal. There were so many people waiting in line. A health department official told KCTV5 the group was serving improperly prepared food and didn't have a permit. They shut down three locations where McCartney and other volunteers were working. They said either you can help us throw away the food or we'll do it. One volunteer took video of inspectors dumping food into plastic bags and told us they also poured bleach on it. The health department told us that's a common practice to make sure no one eats discarded food. We've always had a mutual respect, so I don't know what happened. Despite what happened, McCartney continued her weekly route with the food she and other volunteers had left. It's ridiculous. We've never had this issue ever. Well, the health department says they have warned Free Hot Soup about serving meals without a permit in the past. Now, the health department also said that they would meet us tomorrow morning to talk on camera uh, about exactly what happened in this incident and the rules for serving free meals to the homeless community. In Kansas City, Nathan Vickers, KCTV 5 News. So the Kansas City Director of Health, Rex Archer, said that they are actually protecting the public health in this action right. because people who are homeless, he said, would be at even greater danger in the event of an outbreak of a foodborne illness, many not having access to health care. He went on to say, say that there is no question that feeding the homeless is critical. There are 43 organizations, not including Free Hot Soup KC, that have permits to do it in a safe way. So he's concerned about the foodborne illness. Yeah, because the food was possibly dangerous. So how can we alleviate that? Let's pour 
poison into the possibly dangerous food to ensure that it 100% is dangerous. Mm -hmm. And then dump it out all over the ground. The images were very lame. Yeah, it's... It's concerning for a number of reasons, but also, I mean, this this free hot soup, KC, I understand the concerns, right? You don't know if it's cooked to a proper temperature or whatever, but think of when you have given your food to a homeless person. Yeah. When you've bought a meal and you've handed it to them or you you had a sandwich and you walked by and you gave it to them, they would have the same concern with that. Because you don't have a permit to be feeding someone. <laughs> well, also, just think about having someone over for dinner. I mean, they're not selling this food. Yeah. They, they're, this is a genuine public service mm-hmm. to the least among us, quote unquote. Yes. The most needy among us. And they're sullying the food with, they're poisoning the food with bleach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and home-cooked chili, vats of soup, right? Things that you would... That's going to be boiled. It's not going to... Come on. Things that you would bring to like a potluck right? at your work, right? Where you, you transport the crock pot to your, your work or whatever. Or your church for potluck. Yes, this is what people do. Yeah. They go have picnics with yeah. people. And so this organization says, hey, we're feeding our friends. That That's how yeah. they phrase it. We're feeding our friends. And it is disturbing that they would pour bleach all over the food. I, I think that they said that they do it because they don't want anyone eating it. But, I mean, if someone sees a sandwich that's wrapped in a foil and they pick it up and they don't know it was covered in bleach unless they can smell the bleach on it. Yeah, but, well, it's are they regulating that? Is it illegal to eat something out of the... They'd rather them eat out of the trash. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Right. Uh, assholes. Every single one of them. And they'll try to hide behind the regulatory uh, framework in Kansas City. They'll Mm -hmm. try to hide behind, this is just my job. I'm just doing my job. Mm -hmm. Shut the fuck up. Shut your mouth. Yeah. Well, and I I know at my my first job, I worked in um, a kitchen. And there was one event that we had where it was like a lock-in pizza party. And we accidentally made like 15 extra large pizzas. Really good at my job, and uh, my. Were you wearing your your bleached white button-up shirt? I wasn't. That was before that. <laughs> <laughs> my manager told me to throw them away, and I couldn't. Fifteen large pizzas. Yeah, they're that's per- a lot of food. They're perfectly fine. So the employees you, you, took them home. You ate pizza for two months. No, the, the employees took them home. Like, yeah, people yeah. just came in the back and grabbed a large pizza and took it home. Because it wasn't like premeditated, where you made them extra. So that would happen. It just happened that way. Right. Yeah. You can't throw that many pizzas away. Yeah. Come on now. Come on now. (laughs) Speaking of come on now, I think that's the end of the show. Yeah, I think so too. We love you guys. We will be back. For Thanksgiving. On Thanksgiving will be the next show. For a family-friendly, positive news filled. It's going to be difficult for me finding positive news. So if you see a positive news story, please send it to me. Yeah. And we want your... Submissions. You have till Tuesday and 657-464-7609. Think about the things for which you are thankful, family, friends, a new job, whatever it is, a new lease on life. We want to hear from you. You can also email them from your smartphone to idoubtit 
at dollamore.com. We love you guys. We are thankful for you. And we'll be back on Thanksgiving Day. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt. Yeah. I'm just going to throw a fucking wrench into this thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>